Here we are once again. It's that time of the week. Dr. Andrew Corbett is in the studio. And of course, it's time for another Life Matters discussion. Very good morning to you, Andrew. Good morning, Dave. Great to be with you again on this beautiful Wednesday. Now, Andrew, many of us are surprised at the Premier's comments last Wednesday. How did you feel when you heard what the Premier said in Parliament? Well, yeah, thanks for asking. And and if we can just take a, a bit of a bit of a time out here, I suppose, just to address this because at the moment the it's it just sounds like most of the media attention focuses on the I guess the other side of the debate. And I and for those who aren't aware, last Wednesday after we, we got off air later in the day, the Parliament uh, took a motion from the Greens party in our state parliament and that was a motion uh, supporting same-sex marriage. Now, of course, same-sex marriage, as was pointed out by several of our parliamentarians, is actually not a state issue. It has nothing to do with the state, yet, despite that, the state moved a motion in support of same-sex marriage, and I was utterly dismayed, I guess, alarmed and very, very concerned at some of the reasoning given for supporting same-sex marriage and it, one of the comments that stood out to me which I was quite bewildered over actually was when Premier Will Hodgman said who are we to deny any two people the right to love each other and my, my comments are based on the fact that I've written extensively about this I've written a small booklet about this uh, my my role in this arena is uh, I think my credentials are fairly well established. I've been a marriage celebrant and a marriage counsellor, pre-marriage counsellor, crisis marriage counsellor for some 25 years. So, I, and, and and besides that, I've I've been married for nearly 28 years. So I've I've got a little bit of a, a little bit of skin in the game here when it comes to understanding marriage and what marriage is about. And some of the some of the comments particularly from the premier i was i was really stunned over because it it still shows that even at this level of society there is a a a fundamental a foundational misunderstanding of what marriage is about and i would like to and and i mean this with all respect and i don't i i really do i i greatly respect all our parliamentarians and i would say with with the greatest respect to our Premier, Will Hodgman, that I think you're, you're misguided in this for, for several reasons. And, and I'm not saying this as someone who's, who's sort of upset and pouting and all the rest of it. I'm actually saying this to contribute another aspect to this discussion. And I hope that's the maturity with which we can engage here. But in response to that 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 comment who are we to deny any two people the right to love each other firstly that is not what marriage is about marriage does not bestow the right to love each other and i'll just say I, i i loved my wife before she was my wife i i i loved her without having yet married her and and i i actually the thought never occurred to me do I need to have someone bestow the right to me to, to do that? It, that is not what marriage is about. The, the other thing is marriage does not recognize love between two people. That is not what marriage is about. 
any two people can love each other and they don't need to be married. Marriage is not a recognition of the love between two people. And I know that might sound like a huge shock to people, but, but it actually isn't. In fact, the word love does not occur in the Marriage Act. Not at all. Now, of course, I'm please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying people shouldn't love each other when they, they marry. Uh, of, of course. But that's not what it's about. Also, marriage is not anything. Marriage is something. In, in much the same way that a circle is something, not anything. You just can't go and call any shape a circle. It actually has, here's the big word, some ontological properties. That is, that there's certain aspects to it that are grounded in reality above and beyond however we may choose to define it. So a circle is always going to be a circle, even if we choose to define it as we're, we're going to call it a square. You can call it whatever you want, but it's still a circle. And in the same way, a square could protest that it's, that, that it's offended that no one's calling it a circle. And we can call it a circle, but it's still a square. And that's similar to marriage. Marriage is actually something. It's not anything. Therefore, marriage is not something that you can actually redefine. And then here's what's at stake, because Brian Greene, uh, the opposition leader, made the comment, and I think his exact expression was, what skin is it off any of our noses if same-sex marriage is introduced? Well, here's, the, let me just add this. Firstly, uh, we, we want what people who are same-sex attracted want, and that is they want a sense of dignity, they want a sense of acceptance, they want a sense of identity, and they, they want to be treated with respect. And as uh, speaking on behalf of the Christian community, we, we certainly want that for all people, regardless of anything that, that might be a subcategory of, of their identity. So, no one is suggesting that we treat anyone less than any human deserves to be treated. But here is what's at stake. Marriage is a celebration of two genders, two opposite genders coming together. But let's not use the word opposite because that does sound harsh. Let's use a, a, a much grander word, complementary genders. Marriage is actually a celebration of a man and a woman coming together and complementing each other. It is a, a, an extremely important aspect of what marriage is. Marriage also does bestow legally parental rights. And if same-sex marriage is introduced, there there is some real scenarios in which the biological parent of a child, because if you think about it, if you've got a, a same-sex couple, that there, there cannot be... They, they, they both can just simply cannot be the biological parents of a child. So there is a real possibility that biological parental rights will be uh, overturned with this. And there's already examples of that coming out of some of the states in the United States. Also, freedom of speech. There, there's, there's multiple examples of places where same-sex marriage has been introduced and freedom of speech, which includes freedom of trade, freedom of expression and so on, has been denied uh, because someone, uh, for example, wanted a wedding cake made and, and out of 
conscience and democratic right in the in the marketplace of capitalism in America, they 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 said no, we, we can't do that. It's it's a violation of our our freedoms. So uh, th- there's there's one other one, and that's religious liberty, and we're seeing this right now in uh, Tasmania with Archbishop uh, Julian Porteous. Religious liberty will be put at risk. Now, I, I think it's important to to acknowledge all of these points, and I also just just I, I want to thank. The, the following MPs, Madeleine Ogilvy, Jackie Petruzma, David Llewellyn, Reen Hitting, Guy Barnett, uh, Joan Ryler, uh, Paul Harris and Mark Shelton for having the courage to stand up and, and not support the motion. So thank you very much for that. Yes, we thank them indeed. Andrew, before we discuss today's topic, though, can you give us an update on WayFM's end of year appeal? Yes. Look, over the summer months um, through... Uh, December, January, February, it's often the toughest time for YFM and we are, by by uh, the government's regulation for our broadcast licence, we are dependent on the community. Uh, we are very grateful for our sponsors who uh, get a really good deal on YFM because they can promote their businesses in a space where, we, where there's only a maximum of five minutes of advertising played per hour. And we make sure that there's no more than two ads in a row. So you'll hear our two in a row promise that we give. So we are dependent on donations to keep us going. And particularly this this time of year, this is our end of year appeal. We have a target, a fairly modest target of $20,000. We kicked off with our dinner the other Friday where just under $3,000 was raised. So we are looking to raise $20,000 for our end of year appeal. If you're able to uh, contribute to that, you can do so by going to wayfm.org.au slash donating and you'll see how you can give securely and receive a tax deductible uh, receipt as well for your gift to WayFM. It helps us to continue to broadcast and uh, we are very, very grateful to those people that, that do help us out at this time of year in particular. That is fantastic. And of course, we do thank everyone who has given to our end of year appeal so far and those new members and friends of Way FM. We'll come back after this music from Shepherd and Andrew will be discussing five things life will not let you delegate. Just a reminder, you can listen to the discussion live now on our website at wayfm.org.au. All you need to do is click on Listen Live. Geronimo, Shepherd, Way FM, good morning. Way FM for your Wednesday. We're talking with Dr. Andrew Corbett as we do every Wednesday morning. And today, Andrew, you're introducing five things life will not let you delegate. Yeah, one of the things that leadership consultants and managerial consultants will advise someone is that in order to get more done in your life, you have to learn how to delegate. And the art of delegating is a it's just not as easy as it sounds because it involves training. It involves taking the time to prepare someone, and there's there's a there's just so much background work needed in in order to actually delegate really really well. And one of the problems that I, I see is that we are all of us are just so busy these days. We're trying to get so much done that we're delegating, and it 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 just strikes me that quite a bit of the time now, we're actually delegating almost exactly the wrong things. There are certain things that you just 
you can't delegate. You have to actually do them yourself. And those those things just are non-negotiable. And and here's here's the first of five, and we'll count down. I think from where it starts to where it where it becomes really really important. Number five is your health. You can't actually send anyone else to the gym for your health. It just doesn't work. You've got to look after your own health. And this introduces a a principle of life, and that is never prioritize the urgent above the important. Always keep the, the important as important. And in doing that, you're going to recognize that eating right, uh, taking the time to uh, exercise and to look after yourself is something that there's just, there's no way you can delegate that. There's just no way you can get anyone else to do it for you. You've got to do it yourself. It means you've got to take care of yourself. You've got to, you know, where you can avoid injury and when you are injured it's it's often and and by the way injuries result in pain disease uh, illness results in pain pain we often see as an, a very inconvenient thing and yet it's our body's way of saying oh, it needs something and sometimes it needs rest sometimes it needs a warm-up or a stretch or a stretch down or whatever and so we, we need to listen to our bodies. And for some people who might be aware that in recent times, I, I have not been well. And, and that, uh, as it turns out, I've been having a series of medical tests. And uh, this, this came to a bit of a climax a few weeks ago when I collapsed and was bedridden for a week in, and just, just a horrible time. And so I had to listen to my body. And at the end of that week, I was, I was taken to the doctor and, and the start of the test, I've had a CAT, a CAT scan, uh, which, which wasn't encouraging and uh, was a bit, of a, a bit of a dramatic turn of events in my life just recently, in the last couple of weeks. And so now I, my health, which I always thought I was relatively healthy, is telling me that I'm not as healthy as I thought I was. I, I actually have a little bit of work to do now in changing how I manage my health. I'm due to have an MRI uh, later this week as well and uh, off to see a specialist and in, uh, in a few weeks as well. And the, the prognosis is that it, it may be that there's nothing that can be done except figuring out the best way to manage my health. Now, that's now one of the things I'm, I'm sort of aware of is that there's a lot of people in a lot worse situation than myself. So really, what, whatever I'm experiencing now is not that big a deal in the scheme of things. But you can't delegate your health. You've got to look after your health. Here's, here's the next thing, just before we come up to news. And that is your learning, your education, your learning. You, you can't actually have anyone do the hard work of learning, uh, which often involves memorizing. And our nine-year-old daughter, Ruby, is currently in grade three doing her times tables. And one of the things that we've been doing is drilling her 
to rote learn. Now, I know there's a whole bunch of educational trendies out there who say rote learning is so 20th century, it's outdated, you shouldn't do it. Well, uh, I just disagree. (laughs) I just think there are certain things in life you just have to learn and you have to learn them by rote. Yeah, and and times tables, one of them. Alphabet is another one. Uh, How to spell words is another one. And there's just a whole lot of things in life you have to learn and you can't delegate it. Now, of course, I don't mean that all learning takes place just out of books or in a classroom context. I I think learning takes place in the, the classroom of life. I think there are certain things that we unfortunately, have to experience because it's a part of life. We, we have to go through certain things, experience certain things, to learn certain things, and there's just no other way that those things can be learned. So you, you can't delegate your learning. I know that there are students now doing their year 11 and year 12 exams, and you, you're probably not going to want to hear what I'm saying now, no no one can do your homework for you in a way that will cause you to learn more. Of course, you can get someone to do your homework for you, but you're probably not going to learn. No, cancel that. You won't be learning in the process if someone else does your homework. You you can't delegate that. So it's important that through, I think, throughout life, we become lifelong learners. We commit ourselves to learning throughout life and it's just something you can't delegate. I think there are three other really important things that you can't delegate either. It's, it's, it is equally important that we understand what those are because the result is if you, if you think you can delegate your health out, you know, I'll just get the doctor to fix that. I'll just get a pill to fix that. I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll watch a video and that'll, that'll do it for me. It's, you'll soon discover that none of those things work. You can't delegate your health. And when it comes to learning, there's, there's just no YouTube clip that will give you the shortcut to learning. You've got to do it yourself. You've just got to knuckle down and get on with it. And I know that there's a movie uh, that was made called Unlimited, where, where a guy just takes a pill and now he can remember things, he can memorize things by reading it once, he can uh, learn things straight away. Um, can I just tell you, there is no such pill. <laughs> There's no pill. That, that pill comes in the form of hard work, tedious, laborious, sometimes just switching off the phone, switching off your iPad, switching off even your computer and just putting your nose in the book, uh, year 11 and 12 students, university students doing exams, there's just no way around it. You've, you've got to do it yourself. And throughout life, you're going to discover that there are other moments of time when that's the same deal. You just can't delegate it out. You, you have to do it yourself. I want to come back after the nine o'clock news and talk about three other really important things that I I think they're so important that if we don't get it right, it's going to cost us dearly. If we get it right, it's going to to mean we avoid a lot of pain, a lot of heartache, and a lot of time wasted if we will learn 
to um, more or less sharpen our axe before we try and chop down the trees of life. So let's come back after the news. Well, it's time for the 9 o'clock news update. Let's have a look at the forecast for Launceston and looking like a bit of rain today. Should be clearing tomorrow. Possible showers about for Friday. Mostly sunny on Saturday, which is great. And expect late showers for both Sunday and also Monday. Now, Andrew, we're discussing five things that life will not let you delegate. Yeah, and sometimes we try and delegate those things which we find difficult and hard. And I've mentioned trying to delegate your health. Uh, Maybe if we delegate it to whoever we let feed us, you know, so we... We order the, the burger and the, the fries, but, but we get the Diet Coke. So we're going to sort of put our health onto the, re- the quote-unquote restaurant. Or we just, we just think, you know, if I, if I put on a bit too much, I can just go in and get a, get a whatever operation and it'll all be right. And so we're delegating out of health. And it doesn't, life just doesn't let you do that. You actually have to take responsibility for your own life. And it means doing the small things as far as your health goes. We've seen learning. There are some things you've, you've just got to do yourself. You've got to learn yourself. There are some people who have told themselves that they, they can't read. They're just not a reader. And I, I think more people would discover the joy of reading if they learned how to read well. There's, there's ways to read well that will increase people's ability to learn but I guess part of this is sometimes we delegate what, what we just find too difficult, what we just find too hard. And I think this is especially the case with number three, and that's parenting. We, we see busy parents today, people who, who have children and look, they're working long hours, both of them, the mum and dad, just to keep the family afloat and they're tired, they come home and the kids have got demands, the kids have got, you know, needs for attention and all sorts of uh, attention-grabbing things that kids do and it, and it can just be just beyond many parents. For some young parents, having a child when they've never had to look after a child is is just beyond them. And I can understand why some people would perhaps use childcare facilities and things like that. But here's something at the end of the day, parents are responsible to parent their children and there's just no way you can delegate it. I was involved once in a conference where I was asked to speak on families. It was in Perth, Western Australia. It was a part of the uh, Rotary Western Australian, I think, Silver Jubilee or something like that. It was 150 years of Rotary or something like that, I think, in uh, Western Australia. And uh, I, I was asked to speak. And one of the other speakers was a professor of sociology. And he made a comment which which uh, kind of took people back a bit. And it's uh, it's not, this was his comment, it's, it's not the parent's responsibility to raise their child. It's the responsibility of everyone in the village. And I think he thought he was being trendy by the comment. And I've heard people say this, you know, a child is not raised by its parents, a child is raised by everyone in the village. In other words, no two particular people bear the responsibility to raise the child. We all 
have a responsibility as members of the same community, members of the same society, to contribute to the raising of the child. Now, look, I'm sure there's there's an element of truth in that, but if you become a parent, th- th- there's something you're going to discover about what you can and cannot delegate when it comes to parenting. And the lion's share of parenting, how your child is shaped and formed, the values they inculcate, the the boundaries that they live within, the the values that they espouse will come from you. Mum and dad, you must parent your child. And that, I know, can be difficult, especially difficult if you're a single parent. It is. I, I, I just have the, the utmost admiration for single parents. You've got twice the responsibility with half the resources. It's a tough job, but you can't actually delegate it out. You need to be able to do those things that your children need. We discussed this last week, the five things that every child needs. And you can go to our download section and and have a look at, at that, listen to that, download that again. But you can't delegate that out. You You need to be able to take the time to get to know your child, to get to know the dreams and aspirations of your child, to get to know the hurts of your child, to be able to shepherd your child, guide your child, teach your child. This is where Kim and I have had a particular attitude toward even the school that our children go to. We have always felt that we were the ones educating our children and the school, thereby the the teachers in those schools, were actually helping us to educate our children. We never saw it the other way around. We never saw that we were sending our children to school for the school to educate them. We didn't delegate out our education. We just see that we have the main role of educating our children and the schools and teachers in those schools are actually helping us to educate their children. Now, I know that's not everyone's attitude towards schooling, but I would encourage people, maybe think about that. And if you're a young parent or a couple starting out on the journey together, you might want to, as you plan ahead for the time when you will become parents, consider that as a, as a way of looking at even your child's education. Here's the next thing you can't delegate out, and that is your marriage. Here we are at the top of the, the show talking about you know what is and isn't marriage, and the, and the danger is that we can talk about marriage in such a cold, clinical way that it becomes politicized, and we actually forget what it, what it really is. It is about a man and a woman coming together in a, a lifelong exclusive commitment where together they form the foundation that is best for, for raising children, and in that environment, there's going to be conflict, there's going to be relational strain, there's going to be things that come between the couple, and this means not only can you not delegate out your marriage, you just you can't, you can't just hope that the marriage counsellor fixes up every problem you face. You actually have to begin to work together as a couple. You need to learn how to communicate. You need to learn, you, you need to learn about the other person. And and this can't just simply cannot be delegated out. And and this is such an important thing for couples to take the time to work on their marriage by having a regular date, having a regular, as some marriage counsellors call it, couch time at the end of the day, where 
the couple can just sit down together quietly um, and and just talk talk about their day talk about what they've done what they and and oftentimes it, it you know particularly for a man it can sound like small irrelevant chatter but it's a necessary part of maintaining developing your relationship with your wife because women draw strength from the security that comes from a husband who will listen and be attentive to them and it's that it's that aspect of marriage and developing the relationship you just cannot delegate out you can't delegate it my wife and I Kim and I we we take a coffee date morning every Friday every Friday morning we go somewhere for a date and we we usually go somewhere for coffee so we we like to explore any new coffee shops around uh, town and we are always on the hunt for a great place just to sit down be quiet and and have some time together you can't delegate that out it's really really important so perhaps husbands wives if you haven't had a date recently uh, don't make the kids the center of your life make each other your higher priority than your kids and and take some time out couch time a date time and look to renew your relationship with each other. I, I want to come back after this uh, next song and talk about what I consider to be the, the most important aspect of life, that life itself just simply will not let you delegate. It's something you have to own, you have to take responsibility for, you have to step up. And in an age when we're seeing a generation come through utterly dependent upon others, uh, particularly the parents, for everything. Uh, this includes children in their late teens and early 20s where they're even, their parents are even turning up with them to job interviews, which is, just to my ears, pretty bizarre. We, we need to learn again and set the example of how we can take responsibility for our life. So I want to talk about what I consider to be the biggest one, the most important one, when we come back after this music break. Yes, Andrew, this is Sarah Groves. Keep your eyes on the prize. Way FM, good morning. It's Way FM for your Wednesday morning. Of course, this is Life Matters. If you'd like to listen to our discussion again, we'll be uploading it to the website a bit later today, and then you can download it, listen at your leisure. Absolutely free. Now, Andrew, we're talking about five things life will not let you delegate. Now, uh, you've shown us that life won't let us delegate our health, our learning, our parenting, our marriage. We've just got one more. Yes, we have. And these things, life itself just won't let you delegate. You have to take responsibility for them. And I I know that there are going to be people that go, it's just too late. I I can't. I've I've just got into such a rut. I've got into such a a habit now of how I deal with these things. I just don't feel I can break out of it. And I, I, I actually want to offer people who feel like that some hope that there is a way to break the cycle of many of these things and begin to set a new path in in each of these areas you can renew your health as well within the limits and I've mentioned even my own personal change of circumstances at the moment and and I now have to make some changes uh and I'll be discovering just how much I can change and and how many changes I have to make to my own lifestyle for my for my health. And when it comes to learning, you you might discover that what you struggled with in school is now no longer a struggle. This might surprise people that they might actually find a book and enjoy it and learn something from it 
And when it comes to parenting, you might discover a simple activity such as going to your children as they've just gone to bed, sitting down on the bed as they're, you know, in the, the early stages of going to sleep. And where your child is probably on their phone, probably texting, probably doing social media, by you just simply coming in there, you may actually uh, be helping them in more ways than one as a parent because we there's, there's extensive research to show now that when a child begins to, uh, they go to bed and they begin to uh, get involved in social media and texting and things like that, it actually is messing with a whole lot of things in their their mind and and their whole system, their whole their whole physiological neurological system that is just not good for them. So the simple act of going in to your child's bedroom, just sitting on the side of the bed and just saying, "Look, oh, we haven't had much of a chance to have a bit of a chat today. Just 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 want to know how was your day? You know what? Who did you talk to? How did what what did you find? What 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 was the highlight? What was the low light? What are you thankful for? What And you just begin to talk to your child and then maybe ask them a silly question, you know. Hey, tomorrow, if you woke up and found that someone had put $100,000 into your bank account and it was yours, you could do whatever you want with it. What would you do with it? And you begin to explore your child's heart. You begin to talk to your child and you can you can start that now. You can turn that around. You can start to parent in a way perhaps you've been unfamiliar with. And then marriage. You, you can say to your wife, you know what, we, we haven't had a whole lot of time together recently. Can I take you out to dinner? Yeah, well, what about the kids? Well, let's get a babysitter in. Let's, you know, let's let's take them around to mums and or get, you know, get Nana over and or or whatever. Get a babysitter in. I want to take you out for dinner and you can begin to renew your relationship you, you can pick the moment when you talk with your spouse and say hey can we talk oh, I just want to catch up with you I just feel like you know we we haven't really sat down and just talked for a while there's some there's some things I just want to hear I just want to hear how you're going and and I want to talk with you so your marriage is, is just such a critical thing to maintain. You can't delegate it out. You've got to do it. But here's the big one. And it's it's on the, the basis that life will often throw things at us that while we can take certain responsibility to try and prevent, avoid these things, there are some things that life deals to us that we have no control over. And those are the things that catches off guard and in in those moments we're going to need to draw on a strength and for many people the only strength they've ever learned to draw on is a strength that comes from their social circles and this is where i i want to suggest there's there's a something which every one of us is responsible for we can't delegate it out and we must we must take a bit of responsibility for and it's this our spirituality now what do i what do i mean by spirituality i i don't mean your ability to do you know stretching exercises and clear your mind that's that's not what i mean by spirituality i know that's what many people mean but that's not what i mean i mean that we are not just meat from the top down we're not just a body with a brain we're actually a spiritual being that has all kinds of a capacity spiritually to connect 
with our creator and maker. And we do that through prayer. We do that through uh, reading his objective word, his, his, the word of God. And we begin to develop our spiritual life. We begin to develop our spiritual life in community with other spiritual people, people who are similarly concerned about living a life of pleasing God and being devoted to God. You don't have to shave your head and wear orange to become spiritual. You, you just have to take a, take some time out and begin to talk to your creator, talk to the one who created you to be in fellowship with him. By simply doing that, you are beginning to develop your own spiritual life. It's something you cannot delegate out. You can't delegate it to a priest, a pastor, a, a minister, a reverend. You've got to do it. It's, it's your spiritual life. It means daily discipline. And when I say daily discipline, it doesn't have to be something that's so intense that, it's, that it, it feels like you've got to climb a mountain every day. It's just get somewhere quiet, be still, communicate from your heart to God, begin to offer up your needs, your concerns, your fears, your worries, whatever they might be, begin to talk to him. Take a Bible. If you haven't got a Bible, give Mark Barry at the Bible Society call or drop in and see Victor at uh, Kurong and ask for a Bible. Ask for a readable Bible just to get started. Start in the Gospel of Mark, about two-thirds of the way through the Bible. And the reason there is it introduces you to the most spiritual man who's ever lived, and that's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ of Nazareth has given us the prototype for what the most mature spiritual person looks like. And we see there someone who Jesus was intimately familiar with the Bible. He was intimately familiar with the scriptures because in that he learned the language of God. He learned and we are to learn the language of God because language is not just about the words that are used. It's about the tone, the tenor, the way words are put together, the idioms, the, the expressions of speech. And you begin to learn the heart of God. You begin to learn how God thinks and feels and, and we're created to learn this from God as well. This is what I mean by developing our spirituality. You can't simply go to church, as important as that is, and hope that that, that can just be injected into you and out you go for the rest of the week and you, you're delegating out your spirituality by simply going to church for an hour on a Sunday. It just doesn't work like that. Going to church is meant to equip you spiritually spiritually equip you to do the things that God has called you to do but it's not meant to ultimately to develop your day by day hour by hour spiritual spiritual depth that's something that we all need to learn to do perhaps you don't feel very spiritual right now I, I would encourage you just to take a moment right now where you are and pray a prayer a prayer that says God I want to know you reveal yourself to me and help me to come to know you and show me how I'm to live and what I'm to do. You pray a prayer like that and you begin to embark on a spiritual journey that will transform not just your life now until the grave, but your life beyond the grave. It's really important that your spirituality is developed so that you receive forgiveness from God for your soul, that you don't take that with you into eternity. You're one prayer away, not a million miles away, one prayer away from knowing God, and I hope and I pray that many people would take this highest priority of not delegating out their spiritual life and turn to God and begin a journey, an exciting journey 
of developing a relationship with God. Dave, I'll be back next week with another Life Matters discussion. Thank you so much, Dr. Andrew Corbett. You can hear Andrew again tomorrow night at 8.30 with Finding Truth Matters. And of course, don't forget, we'll have this program uploaded onto our website, wayfm.org.au, and you'll be able to download it or listen to it again absolutely free. Coming up now, we're going to wrap things up with this great song from Royal Taylor, Run to Love, Way FM. Good morning.